0: boys girls ladies gentlemen and humans
1: let's go this is episode 58 and mind design mind design sports special guest today brandon we're getting into it we're partnering with a a, a new organization and we're excited about it because it's close to my heart because i'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist but um Armin and i have talked about this several times that um we really care about mental fitness and part of mental fitness and ending the stigma of against mental health is trying to um, get in at the foundational level and help kids understand how important it is to be mentally fit and how it's okay to struggle uh, with mental health issues, just like it's okay to struggle with physical health issues. And so today we brought in the founder, the creator of mind design sports, and we'll talk all about it. And. This is a organization that's geared towards helping teenagers and educating teenagers about mental fitness, right?
0: 16 year old CEO, by the way, high school, sophomore, it's incredible. And the reason why we we, we absolutely had to have Brandon on the show is because, you know, we're all about anybody that knows us knows we're all about youth, mental health education. You know, obviously. We care about student athletes, you know, that's kind of our focus, but we care about the youth of tomorrow in general. And when, when we discovered that a person who hasn't even reached drinking age, <laughs> the drinking, legal drinking age yet, um, has, has actually developed a program with meaningful content, evidence-based uh, information on sports psychology for student athletes internationally, like nationwide and worldwide. He actually has blog articles, he has a podcast, um, and they ultimately have like an entire outreach initiative that's all free, you know, just free services, free material, free resources for student athletes, you know, folks that um, don't have access to a psychiatrist or a therapist or coaching staff that understands mental health, right? So these are folks that um, may be struggling with anxiety, maybe struggling with you know, performance-related issues, you know, the stuff we talk about all the time, that are emotional or, or mental, and they have no other place to turn. They can go to Mind Design Sports website and they can uh, they can find meaningful evidence-based information uh on on how to to be more mindful um you know how to how to engage your your senses right with visualization how to apply gratitude to to journaling exercises that can make you feel less stressed out Um, all kinds of great things the same things we talk about on this show it really is incredible Yeah. yeah so we're so fortunate so happy to have brandon Today. Yeah,
1: and he's such an impressive young man because, um, man, the kids these days are so tech savvy. And we, we've talked at times about the pitfalls of social media and what's on the interwebs, but he's connected with, he said, over 22 individuals uh, or individuals in over 22 countries. Right or on the team, are on the Mind Design Sports team. So go check it out. I'm looking forward to you guys hearing this this interview and then stick around because Armin and I are also gonna uh, present or um, talk about or highlight the five- Or
0: have a conversation about.
1: Yeah, the five foundational principles of the new upcoming mental fitness programming.
0: Welcome back to another exciting episode of Sports Tech like MD's podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. This is Brandon Shintani. Brandon is a high school student who has conceptualized a mental fitness program at his high school. And he's actually gotten together a, an international coalition of affiliated partners who have been helping him out with. Developing and and growing this this really exciting organization that is all about trying to to teach and promote mental health and mental fitness for young people and particularly for uh, young athletes and um, you know we we came across uh, Brandon's uh, actually I, I think Brandon you came across us where we didn't necessarily yeah <laughs> yeah well Brandon reached out to us um a few months ago and uh you know he found our podcast saw that we had some mutual interests and said hey um you know why don't i get on your podcast and talk about this program that i have since you know we have so many mutual interests and you know we talked to Brandon and, and realized that this was a really really serious program one um that we think has tremendous potential, so we said, "Come on and see us!" And I can't wait for you guys to hear about it. Yeah, and, and tell us more about this because
2: <laughs> this is uh, this is something that the world needs to need to know about. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. Brandon, please. Yeah floor is yours thanks for having me guys and yeah i I love your podcast and i want to be on it i thought it's super cool that you guys have guests and talk about mental health and as you said like we have similar goals so i thought it'd be perfect to collab and yeah um my design sports is a sports psych organization and we focus on raising awareness about the mental part of sports which is usually neglected especially at the younger age level and as you guys know many competitive athletes knows physical strength and excellent skills are both crucial optimal sports performance but having a strong mind will go much further in your sports performance and even at the competitive levels as you move up and we do we create blogs and podcasts and we teach students about student athletes about things like performance mindset or the working memory and how these factors affect their game and we've already spread our message to thousands of athletes worldwide and we want to keep empowering student athletes to train their minds and plus the tips we provide whether they're from blogs or from a professional guest speaker we provide blogs and podcasts and they're suitable not only for athletes but everyone for a desire to perform well in any area of life whether that's like through band or a performance or a school dance and family situations so yeah that's really our goal and mission
0: wow that is so cool man Brandon tell us you're you no (laughs) I mean honestly like when I was your age when I was in, in in high school like I just this is not something that I could have, could have come up with. I could not have, have thought through. uh, I mean, I was, I was an athlete in high school. You know, I, I ran track, played football and, you know, this would have been great for me. And, you know, for a lot of my friends, I just, man, like, what was your inspiration for this?
2: Yeah, definitely. I kind of come from the same background. So I, I played basketball, uh, I think starting from second grade and I practiced constantly like a couple hours per day with my dad and I never really thought, I never really knew about this um, mental side of things. I thought breathing techniques wasn't a real thing. I thought it was a joke. Oh, like breathing wouldn't help me, (laughs) it's just breathing, right? Right. And I was, sometimes I was stressed out and sometimes I couldn't play um, at best during competition, but I did well in practice when the pressure was kind of not there. Right. And I felt like I didn't really know about sports psychology until I took AP Psychology last year during the summer. And I saw like do those different subfields in psychology, there's actually sports psychology. And I was like, wow, two of my interests, they combined together. And I didn't really find any sports psychology websites targeted towards younger kids. So I was like, oh, why not just make something similar, provide those free resources online that are accessible to anybody? And that was kind of my inspiration behind it, yeah.
1: That's great. Let, let me ask That's you cool. this. So you, since you played basketball growing up, um, who was your favorite basketball player?
2: Oh, tough question. Um, I think as of right now, it probably has to be Anthony Davis. He's like a monster. I think he's a nice. perfect archetype. <laughs> nice. Shoot, dribble everything. Oh,
0: yeah. He's a champion now. Oh, yeah. We love AD out here in LA. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, AD is a great player. I mean, one thing about AD, can I just can I just say A <laughs> D, well, listen. AD, you know, he's he's a player that we love because here's a guy that for for a long time there were question marks about. Right. Question marks about, you know, his mental toughness. Right. Was he a guy that could be a part of a championship team? You know, was he a guy that could could really you know be a leader and take on that pressure that you talked about? and will his team to victory and we saw in last year's playoffs in the bubble time and time again ad was that guy right ad hit game winners yeah you know ad came through in the clutch he had huge moments you know so many winning plays and there was something that happened i guess when he came to the los angeles lakers and joined with a guy like a lebron james you know something clearly changed you know in terms of his career trajectory um and i bet it's probably an evolution in his mental fitness, right? Because we know that LeBron's a mental fitness warrior.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Andy Davis, he had all the tools. He was the number one guy coming out of college. He led his team as a freshman to a national championship. They almost went undefeated that year. Uh, My Indiana Hoosiers beat him on a last second shot in the regular season. Uh, (laughs) But he got his revenge in the tournament. Anyways, he, he had all the tools. And then, yeah, like Armin said, he needed... I think he did up up his mental fitness game and that took him to the next level and it, it helps to play alongside arguably the second best player in the history of the NBA. Right. So, um but yeah, Brandon, I'm I'm so impressed with kind of how far ahead of the curve you are with regards to getting this grasp on. Yeah, thanks. How important mental fitness is to to not only being an athlete, but just to being an individual and and being a healthy individual. Um,
2: yeah. Tell us what what grade are you in? Uh, I'm a sophomore in high school, and I go to school in New Jersey, so kind of across the country. But I think our goals merge together, so it's perfect.
1: Absolutely, and we know. I noticed looking at your website, you have individuals on your team working in
2: from 22 different countries yeah i think we've actually increased to like 25 or a little more and yeah we got people around the world and we're just trying to spread the message internationally get our name out there and really get the goal of sports psychology you know i think sports psychology is really it's a growing field not a lot of people know about it but i feel like if we help kids be proactive about training their minds and reaching their full potential and making their sports experience more positive and enjoyable i mean the benefits will just come naturally
1: know Mm -hmm. and that's what i love about mind design sports is because and arm and i talk about this all the time it's it's we can only do so much when we're working with like professional athletes or or grown-ups or adults um you really have to set that foundation um as a kid and if you're able to get these principles embedded in in high school sports and even in um before high school the sky's the limit for for these kids and for
2: these
0: athletes yeah
2: yeah, it becomes a habit like practicing these specific sports like tips. Maybe like journaling every day. It really just the benefits come over time, and I feel like the trust the process quote kind of connects with oh, yeah. that and sports psychology. Really
0: you know, and and uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, Brandon, like you mentioned how in your past, and everybody has a story, right? Everybody has uh, some sort of trajectory that leads them, you know, to wherever they they end up in life, and it sounds like you're trajectory involved you know having um a set of challenges before you right in terms of your performance on the court that you you had to, to try to you're trying to figure out right yeah and you know i i think this is this is really important to talk about because i mean so so often when you're an athlete i mean i i, I was an athlete once and i distinctly remember like when i was struggling mm-hmm like i never really felt like i i could necessarily turn to the coaching staff right to like get that support i never really felt like i could turn to like the training staff right i never really even felt like i could turn to other other guys on the team you know it, a lot of times when it came to dealing with pressure and we're not talking about a physical injury physical injury they you know that's something that is very there there is an excellent system in place Right, for, for addressing physical injury. But when it comes to things like anxiety, right, when it comes to things like, man, you know, I, I'm I'm not I'm not able to, to, to perform as well in competition as I do in practice. You know, when I was 16, 17, I'm not even sure if I would have been able to figure out exactly what was going on, what was wrong, let alone be able to figure out this is a psychological dilemma, and one that there are techniques out there that I can implement on my own without without a therapist, without a psychiatrist, right? To help me do better in performance when needed, right? That's, that's really crazy to me. Like, I just wanna know, like, you know, more specifically how that all kind of came together for you. Like, where did you, Uh, start to kind of go beyond that sports psychology class to figure out about mental fitness and all the different
2: things that it could do to help you as an athlete so are you asking me like how did I learn about sports psychology more besides like
0: how did you learn about yeah mental fitness and sports psychology because you know I think you mentioned it was actually just a psychology class right yeah it was not even like
2: It was just a regular introductory like AP psychology class that covered like not it was like very small, like a paragraph that covered sports psychology. And I still thought that was super interesting to me. And I just really from there, I really delved deep into it. So I just looked up sports psychology and probably like on Google every single page that I saw, like the couple first searches I have read, whether they're blogs. And I watched a bunch of Ted talks on sports psychology just to really immerse myself. And I also, wow. I really remember, um, watching a Ted talk about like the Navy seals and they talked about like goal setting and breathing. And there's another two techniques and it was a really engaging YouTube video. And I think I have a link somewhere on my website in a blog and yeah, really from there, I just kept, really wanting to learn more about sports psychology because I kind of applied it to my life. And when you apply it to your life, it becomes more personable. You really understand how yeah. important it is. And from there, I just wrote some blogs myself and I really wanted to test out if I knew my knowledge and probably I think the first couple of blogs on my website are all from me. And yeah, that's how I kind of did it. Just like off my own researching on YouTube, wherever mm-hmm. it was, even on TikTok, like, instagram yeah did
0: you have a did you have a coach or or a therapist or trainer that introduced these things to you, or did you just learn them on your own
2: no coach no therapist nope just by my own, my own yeah wow
0: that is that is great and That's i want to i want to take the time
1: to pull up the website here and uh, when i was kind of scrolling through it in preparation for the interview and just out of my own curiosity there's a, so much on here that we we've talked about the sports i've MDs these have talked about um you have several blogs talking about like building mental toughness and resilience um you talk about overtraining and it, how excessive training can lead to injury so this is like kind of high level stuff you get into mm-hmm. you talk about smart goals which we talk about in several podcast episodes you talk about visualization uh, being optimistic gratitude mindfulness controlling the controllables these are all things that Kind of, we've, we've discussed and we're, we're, we've been studying the field of, of, I mean, we're, we're psychiatrists, but we've been studying sports psychiatry, sports psychology now for the last few years, um, as professionals. And you're doing this as a sophomore. So it's great. And you have other unique, um, blog posts up there. You have one that caught my eye, the mental and societal pressures of female athletes. Um, that's a great one to check out. I mean, so much on here that I think is just great information not only for i know you guys are geared towards high school students and 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 younger individuals but this is great stuff for i think everyone and anyone of all ages and you don't even have to play sports like we talked about before these type of mental fitness exercises are great for everyone so it's you talk about playing in the zone and and being in the flow state which which we've talked about as well so we're really aligned with you guys and we're happy to to I think now have you as a partner. Yeah. uh, Mind Design Sports as a partnership with sports like MDs. I think it's going to be great, but do you have any personal favorite uh, podcast episodes or blogs that you want to give a
2: shout out to? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, first of all, thanks for shouting us out and giving some examples. They're really important topics like the smart goals. I think really every athlete should know how to set a goal correctly. So that's why we want to highlight that. And a lot of sports like companies highlight that. But yeah, a couple of podcasts that I really like to record. Um, I had actually Ron White, he's a USA memory champion and he's been on, um, yeah, right there. He's been on Brain Games and a bunch of these big shows and like NBC, CBS. And it was wow, su- I see that, that's crazy. Yeah, he's awesome. he's super uh, famous and I, I can't believe he got on my show and I'm super grateful for him to join me. And we talked about memory and I feel like memory isn't really a big topic in sports psychology and we kind of right. related sports psychology and memory together. And I thought that was super interesting. And yeah, we also had an NBA trainer, Graham Betchert. And he he actually coaches like Aaron Gordon and Jalen Brown and those big NBA athletes. And right. I was like stoked mm-hmm. to talk to Joker, him as well. Yeah. yeah, so I think those two are my personal favorites. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Now, for your own
0: game, your your basketball, your basketball game, um, which technique was most helpful for you in, in alleviating that that pressure that you mentioned?
2: Yeah, I think um breathing techniques. I think I actually tried box breathing. And are you guys familiar with box breathing? Like four seconds in, four seconds out, and hold for four seconds. Yeah.
0: No, there's a lot of different techniques and that that's yeah. definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I I love box breathing and I it really just calmed me down during games. And even when I got pissed after a game if I didn't do well, it like kinda I guess took a step back for me and it relaxed me and just let me uh, push back for a new game and do better next time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'd recommend the, that uh specific sports psych technique for younger athletes out there that maybe really can't control their emotions or get stirred up during the game. Yeah. That, that was probably one, my personal favorite.
1: That, that I I love yeah. that one. I think that the best part about that, the, any breathing exercise really is that you can do it anywhere. Uh, obviously you, you, yeah. take, you take your lungs and your breath anywhere you go, so you can do it right there on the court while you're playing man. I wish I would have known about that exercise when I used to play second (laughs) base and baseball in high school, I was heart was racing. Cause there's not only does it give you a time to reset, but there's a physiological mechanism where it actually slows your heart rate down if you, if you do it uh, correctly. So it's, it's a great grounding exercise to do.
2: Yeah. Agreed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, deep breathing is, is, is amazing. Um, you know, and, and mental fitness, in general, like the techniques, uh, I think they're great for athletes because it really fits the the style and approach that athletes typically will will use in sports. You know, so it's kind of like a stru- usually a structured, stepwise process. Something you kind of you can remember um, pretty easily. You know, and and you know, as Tori said, you can kind of do anywhere. Um, and it's sort of like, you know you have your, your playbook, you know, and you have your, you run plays from the playbook. You can kind of have a playbook for mental fitness too, you know, and whatever your emotional experience is, you know, whatever it is that, you know, you're going through at the time and, you know, whatever mental fitness technique kind of works best for you. That's, you know, that's, that's how you engage, you know, that's, that's what you, um, you know, if, if breathing, if deep breathing is something that really works for you do deep breathing. Um, If visualization and, um, you know, we call it engaging the senses is what works for you, do that, you know, if it instead is maybe, let's say a gratitude journaling exercise, right, if that uh, type of kind of cathartic experience is what helps you feel better, then you can do that, you know, and, um, you know, mental fitness is sort of like a toolkit you know it's like i don't need a therapist right there in the room with me i don't need a doctor i don't need medication all i need is me you know all i need is to become present in the moment you know and, and understand what i'm experiencing what i need and and handle that for myself you know um it doesn't have to be something i share with coaches or with even other players right it can just be just personal to me and, um, so there's a lot of different elements of the mental fitness experience that I think works for, for anybody, but particularly the athlete.
1: Brandon, I was wondering, do you, since you're currently in high school, and I know a lot of things have changed since Arm and I were in high school, do they offer any specific mental fitness training or do, are the sports teams more geared towards being a little bit more open and aware of, of any, um, mental struggles their athletes may be having?
2: Um, for sports teams specifically, I really don't think so. I, I think it's getting a little better and coaches know personally, but they don't really have any like set programs. Like, oh, let's work on mental health this week or mental like resilience. But, um, I I actually, I remember you guys wanted to talk to me about, um, mental health in high school in general, Mm -hmm. and actually they do have something similar. It's not really for sports though, but they actually have, um, a freshman focus program and basically there are these juniors and seniors that are open to volunteering their time um, at the high school. And they help any freshmen that are transitioning from eighth grade to ninth grade with anything, really. So whether that's mental health or just being a big brother, big sister at the high school, because it's like, really, we have a, we're at a big school and they don't really know how to navigate anything or courses or teachers. So they kind of are there for those freshmen. And mm-hmm. I, I had that last year and I thought it was pretty cool. I still keep in contact with a couple of them. And yeah, they're really just like a big brother that gives advice and tips sometimes. So that really helps mental health, I guess. Absolutely. And yeah, step forward. Definitely step forward.
1: So uh, Brandon, we'll get we'll get you out of here, but we really appreciate you joining. So you're you you currently still do you still playing basketball? And are you do you run track as well?
2: I used to run track in middle school, but no, I'm not playing basketball right now because of COVID in school and COVID cases have re, uh, risen at our state and our county. So I think it's just safer to st- take a step back from that.
0: Probably, probably right call.
2: Yeah, is your school all online right now? Um, No, we can actually go in, but really like, only like two out of like 20 kids go in and it's really not that, the benefit isn't really there anymore. I yeah. agree, Yeah, it makes sense, <laughs> it makes sense, wow.
1: Part of being a high school student, part of being a human is connecting with individuals. So do you, does your school still offer you guys, I don't know if you have Zoom, I, like support groups or abilities to to hang out have zoom hangouts with individuals if, if need be
2: it's yeah it's getting it's really hard um during virtual i think we usually just have class online and then like the teacher lets you off to do homework but they don't really set you mm-hmm. up with your friends anymore unless like we have to actually reach out by ourselves we have to get in contact yeah. with your friends and facetime them directly instead of the teacher setting it up so yeah um, i know a lot of people are just hopeful to get back next year and i'm also too just to like meet with friends again talk to them in person Of course,
0: yeah yeah hanging out in the locker bay and going to
2: lunch together definitely stuff
0: yeah go to dances and parties and you know
1: playing sports again playing sports again (laughs)
0: you know being a real a real student real high school student yeah i I, yeah i can't i can't even imagine what it's like for you guys before we let you go before we let you go i i just have one question for you what's on the horizon for my design sports?
2: Yeah, um, so our main goal right now is just to keep expanding traffic and awareness, really getting our mission out there, educating uh, younger athletes for free. And we also are just really just focused on getting good content out there, quality over quantity always. And we also have like two more ideas I could just throw out to you guys. And basically we've also partnered with Concussion Legacy Foundation, also known as CLF and they're a nonprofit organization that provides support to athletes who, suf- who suffer from concussion and brain trauma. Um, and we'd like to raise money for them. And we're, we're probably going to raise money for them when COVID goes away, maybe have a tournament of dodgeball with kids and educate them about sports psychology. It. Yeah. It, and then we would yeah. give them the money that yeah. and we would help any athletes that are in need with brain traumas or CTE or any of, any of that nature. And yeah, I think when COVID's, out of the way we plan to do that and we also plan to uh make some youtube videos on sports psychology just a more digestible format than reading i know some uh younger athletes might not like to read and they like to watch videos so we could kind of translate um our content to videos so mm-hmm. those are probably the two things on the horizon mm-hmm. for now
1: perfect man well we're definitely going to throw up a link to your your website on our website and likewise um yeah keep we're obviously going to stay in touch and if there's anything we can help out with we're here for you and i'm excited i'm excited about mind design sports very much so armin and Tori.
0: thanks so much absolutely man no excited to see the future because like i feel like you guys are really on this amazing trajectory and this is going to grow out to be something really big for the world you know mind design sports folks listen out for that (laughs) name mind design sports brandon shantani for sure love it man great meeting
2: you appreciate it have a good night you, you too yeah you too see you. thank you
1: do, do you feel me do you feel me do
0: you feel me so um, you guys know that we uh, we're all about mental fitness mental fitness is our brand uh mental fitness for us is our own version of sports therapy. Okay, it's a way to engage an athlete in mental health in ways that are about building resilience, uh, having an increased sense of wellness and well-being, and getting the most out of your performance. Right, just like we said on our Instagram, just like our our uh, our, our just like our mantra says. We want to empower the world's athletes to use mental fitness to perform at the highest level, right? That's what we're about. And so, what we had to do is we had to put our money where our mouth was and we had to develop an actual education and training curriculum, right? Because what's the point in talking about all of this stuff on this podcast if we're not actually going to put it into practice, right? So, um, even though in our clinical practice, our private clinical practices, we do apply these mental fitness strategies for our clients. uh, What we needed to do was come up with a way of actually taking all of this great information, consolidating it, putting it together in a training seminar and, you know, making it something fun, entertaining and worthwhile for student athletes. So, what we came up with was a a program that we call Speak Up to Stand Out. And this program highlights our core principles. These are the core principles of mental fitness. These core principles for us, sports like MDs, are the path to resilience for the athlete. And these five principles are as follows mindfulness gratitude communication confidence and integrity sounds familiar doesn't it it should it should sound familiar and oh by the way uh integrity is first integrity is always first um the order i gave that uh the order i i provided that in that order was just sort of um you know, in no particular order. But it's really important to understand that the very ultimate fundamental foundation of mental fitness is integrity. It's integrity because your, your ability to do well in mental fitness is going to come down to your character strengths, your ability to ultimately decide that I'm going to I'm going to be better, right? that uh, I can have an honest conversation with myself and I can identify what's going right and what's going wrong. And, and once I figure out what's going wrong and I own that, that's when I can truly start to make efforts towards getting better. And so that starts with integrity, right? You have yeah. to you have to be honest with yourself first.
1: I love that 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 taking ownership. That's right. Like you, that's the first step. You can't um, jump into one of these programs. and you, you can't seek to improve your your physical health, your mental health, your mental fitness without taking ownership and, and having integrity.
0: So that follows a strict order from integrity into mindfulness. Well, here's the thing: um, mindfulness, as far as the practice of mental fitness is really the cornerstone right so uh at the end of the day you have to have integrity in order for mindfulness gratitude communication or confidence to work out for you Um, but with that starting point you know assuming that you're a person that's willing to be honest with themselves once you decide that mental fitness is the road that you're going to take the path for you to resilience then mindfulness is definitely the you know the, the first kind of subject matter that you really want to 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 get smart on because mindfulness is kind of the gateway to the mental fitness technique, right? Mindfulness is all about awareness, and right? awareness is is the the operative term there. Awareness is in this case about being more self-aware right and you know having the ability to to reflect on where you are right in the moment like how am i doing right now checking in with yourself you know and being able to to have a you know a meaningful dialogue with yourself to say hey how am i doing right am i okay and then the other half of mindfulness is situational awareness right so it's not just about us you know we live in a world with many people um you know people we care about um people that have a huge impact on our lives and and then a lot of people that we really don't know but that also have an impact on our lives in different ways and we have to be aware of their needs and and how wants and desires kind of impact the mm-hmm. wants and needs and desires of other people right because it has to be about sharing uh of space right and an exchange of information an exchange of um empathy yeah. right? and all these things require awareness
1: that's and people talk a lot about how like certain individuals or it's a lack empathy or it's important to have empathy and i think Mindfulness is kind of at the foundation of being able to be empathetic. Yes. And so you, you mentioned being mindful as being self-aware, being aware of your surroundings and trying to really be empathetic towards others. The ability to understand the emotions needs and other people's perspectives, the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes and really try to, to understand what they may be thinking or feeling, even though you'll, you'll never really know, but just going about that practice and being able to really do that goes a long way and very long way making connections and and that's right creating unity and and we'll get into more of that later when we get into the other foundational pieces you just said it it's all about forming
0: connections mindfulness is experiential okay it's not just a theoretical construct it is experiential you have to have experienced and grow through authentic experience in order for mindfulness to develop and get better. And so the way that we believe that experience can be had and you know I would say the most effective way to, to have these kinds of experiences is through communication. Yeah. You know, communicating, communicating your thoughts. So getting your getting the information yeah. out of your head, right? And either Onto paper, right? Like, if the issue is something that you know you kind of need to to work out with yourself, a great way to kind of deal with things that may be confusing is to write it down. Mm-hmm. You know, journal, um, get your thoughts down and out of your head. Right? We always talk about this this notion of rumination, and and that's when your your thoughts are you kind of stuck in this cycle, where you can't really resolve anything or draw any conclusions, because you're kind of stuck on this, this past uh, experience, you know, or this idea, and you're not able to resolve it. And, you know, mindfulness uh, is is one way to kind of be aware of that. Mm-hmm. But then gratitude and gratitude journaling is sort of the way to resolve that yeah right right so you you get it out of your head onto paper
1: i really like the sequence of this so you mentioned first integrity you got to be honest with yourself to start and then you go into mindfulness to gain that self-awareness because you have to be able to understand your own thoughts your own emotions your own feelings and how they are connected to your behaviors and actions because if you don't even understand yourself how are you going to understand other people how are you going to communicate to other people So that's where to start. And then you move on to to gratitude, like you said, is really being able to kind of put on that positive filter and that way that cultivates acceptance of the situation you're in. It puts you in the moment. It makes it easier to be mindful when you're paying closer attention to the the positive things in your life. And it's not to say you're you're ignoring all the negatives. No, this is something that you wanna do to cultivate acceptance of yourself, acceptance of the situation. Um, And that creates momentum and that creates momentum for being more curious about not only yourself, but other people, the people around you, which leads you to have probably more confidence in your ability to communicate and connect with other people. Communication
0: is the key to confidence. You have to be able to communicate with yourself in 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 a, in a positive way that, you know, that is um, non-judgmental, you know, and, and that is honest. You also have to be able to communicate with those around you, right? Those with whom you influence. Yeah.
1: You need some feedback at the end of the day. You can't just stay in your head or stay in your room all day. Uh, you can be extremely self-aware, but at some point you need that feedback from other people. We all do as humans. We need that connection. Um, And that helps, like you said, build confidence.
0: It does because you'd be amazed at what you can find when you're willing to be honest, you know? When you're willing to be honest with yourself and with others, you'll be amazed at what you can find. Because a lot of times we're so caught up in, you know, in fear, right? We're, We're worried about the consequences of a certain decision. We're worried about what someone might think. You know and fear is often the thing which is a lack of confidence right fear is often the thing that kind of holds us back from moving forward and one of the things that i i would say mental fitness is is most useful for is is helping us resolve our fears you know the fears that keep us stuck in the past and these techniques enable us to move forward right because it's it's, it's compelling us to use our, our skills and our abilities, our God-given abilities. Like we have, uh, the ability to communicate for a reason, um, and to convey our thoughts, uh, and our feelings for a reason. And one of those reasons is to feel better about them.
1: Yeah. And then you create the, this, these empathetic connections and then kind of going back to, to, to your fear, ultimately like you said, you can get stuck in that and that oftentimes results in suffering. And we've talked about this before, that acceptance is extremely important. You must be able to accept that there's going to be pain in this life. There's going to be negative emotions and Mm -hmm. when you accept that you avoid suffering. That's right. Um, and that's, that's part of resolving. The fear is not necessarily avoiding it, but really trying to understand it, becoming more aware, of where that fear comes from and really attacking it, accepting it and you and that's a difficult process, but you can do that through mindfulness, through gratitude exercises, through being open and honest um, with other individuals, communicating with them. And then over time, you realize by making these connections with not only yourself, but other people, you start to gain, gain confidence over that fear and you begin to get over that fear and you can continue to move forward. And that results in you being more mentally fit. And we like to correlate mental fitness with resilience. And essentially that's what we're talking about here is building resilience, building mental fitness, which is kind of this ongoing proactive practice that improves your mental health and strengthens your relationship with, with not only other people, but yourself and allows you to be able to deal with all the stress in life. Cause more stress is coming, more fear is going to pop up. That's not going to go away. But if you're resilient, you're mentally fit, you have all these practices down, you're going to be able to overcome all these negative things that are bound to happen in your life.
0: Right. Yeah. Resilience is the ultimate goal of mental fitness and resilience. Another way of looking at resilience is we talk about this mental health spectrum oftentimes where, you know, ultimately you have a baseline and that baseline represents your normal functioning, right? When you don't have, uh, let's say, any uh, particular stressors, you know, that are that are bothering you, that are causing you to feel anxious or, you know, to you know, become irritable or whatever the case may be, then you're at your baseline. When you have illness, right? You can imagine that's like the negative end of the spectrum. Whereas if baseline is like your zero, then the negative end of that spectrum would be illness uh, when you start developing symptoms. Um, Well, if illness is the negative end, the positive end of that same spectrum is wellness, Okay, And wellness is an optimal or ideal state of health, right? So it would be even better than your baseline. It would be like if you're not just you know, feeling normal, but you're feeling super, super, you know, just confident. It's thriving. You know, yeah. I mean, you're you go, you, you know, for us kind of older folks, you know, you, you go to the, you know, doctor's visit for your annual exam and you get your perfect bill of health, right? Um, you wake up in the morning and bright eyed and bushy tail, ready to start your day, you have a full tank of energy and capable of doing everything you need to do, uh, to the best of your ability throughout the day. And then you're able to sleep well at night without any problems. You have a balanced diet, right? You're exercising regularly. Um, you're gainfully employed and feeling good about what you're doing in life and, or, you know, you're a student and you're feeling really good about how you're performing in school. Like you have great friendships, you have, great relationships with family, Um, you know, you're active in the community, like you're just kind of doing, you know, all the right things, take breaks when you need to, go on vacations, right? The good life. This is what wellness is about. And what we realized is that, yeah, traditionally in, in in our training, we learned about how to help with illness, how to treat symptoms to get folks back to their baseline. And then we realized, you know, we can actually do better than that. Like we can do that. I mean, we, that has not been lost on us. We're still psychiatrists uh, who prescribe medicine and, and who do therapy. So we're all over the symptoms, but once we get you back to your baseline, how do we make you more resilient, right? How do we elevate your baseline so that you, you are less vulnerable and less susceptible to developing symptoms of illness? That is what mental fitness is all about. It's the next step in the process. We could talk about mental health and treatment and mental illness all day. We're gonna get you to your baseline because we are just that good. But how do we we take it to the next level, right? That's where mental fitness comes in. And we're talking about resilience as the ultimate end with integrity first, mindfulness, gratitude, communication. Confidence is the result of these things. And with confidence, over time, you will have resilience, you will have momentum. And in your performance, you will perform better, you'll feel healthier, you'll feel stronger. And the end, the end result will be will be resilient. So you think about being in the zone, you're going to be able to channel that energy right, to get into that, that space, to be able to perform at your best when called upon. That's what resilience yields yields for you.
1: That's perfect. I don't know if we have to go much further than that. And, and just to reiterate, being resilient, being mentally fit doesn't mean you're immune to negative emotions or stressors. That's all gonna happen, but it means you're gonna overcome it and you're confident that you will. So we're just trying to lay, lay the foundation. Armin's gonna, we're gonna have this programming out soon. And I'm excited. I th- Next week, we're going to have uh, our other partners, the Athletic Academy, on, and we're going to dive in a little bit more to this programming afterwards. And I'm excited to—I mean, Armin—I'm excited to see
0: this, more of this, and hear about more of it. So, absolutely, man. Well, we're going to have plenty more, plenty more uh, podcast episodes on this to come, and and um, the uh, the program is set to release this spring. And uh, once it it is uh, available, we're gonna we're gonna have opportunities to sign up on our website for anyone who's interested. Right,
1: sportslikemds.com. So let's end the stigma
0: and continue the conversation.